welcome to my Plan Medicine Journey podcast. My name is Daniel Rios, uh, and this is the first episode of many more to come. Uh, and this podcast is dedicated for all the voyagers and all the people who are seeking to learn and understand more about uh, this ancestral and psychedelic experiences um, that uh, many people have been using for many generations uh, to aid them in their journey. Uh, and this being the first episode, I wanted to bring along uh, one of my mentors, friends, brother, uh, Mike Bledsoe. Uh, he has been uh, very important in my journey and uh, supporting me uh, in business and plant medicine, spirituality, and uh, just around amazing human. Uh, today we're going to share his story. Uh, he has helped and guided many people uh, in many different formalities, uh, but he was one of the uh, early folks who uh, opened up about his use of plant medicines and the benefits he, uh, he was gaining from that. Uh, so listen up to all of his uh, amazing wisdom and enjoy the show. Uh, welcome to my Plant Medicine Journey podcast, uh, and uh, today I have the privilege to interview my brother, mentor, uh, Mike Bledsoe. Uh, I met Mike uh, a few years back, uh, early on in my journey in the fitness industry, and I did with uh, with Mike with a lot of what a lot of people do and ask him for guidance and support. Uh, Mike has been super important in my life and uh, in the work that I'm doing today. Uh, he's pretty much introduced me with the idea of like, Hey, maybe I should take mushrooms one day, uh, into pro- providing a space for people to do that type of work. Uh, and you know, what you've taught me in, in the space of business and coaching, uh, in the healing space, uh, it's been transformative for my own life, my health, uh, how I see the world. And, uh, Mike has, uh, every time Mike steps into something powerful, he leans into it, learns how to package it up so people can consume it easier uh, and have major impacts in people's lives. And, and the results that you've gotten for yourself, I've seen hundreds of people go through the same process that you've been through and get very similar results. They may look slightly different, uh, but ultimately their lives are more fulfilled, happier, and you've definitely have done that for me in my life. And so I am honored, man, to uh, have this conversation with you and share your experiences in uh, the world of uh, plant medicine and, and continue learning from you. Yeah, so thank, thank you. you. I'm honored to be on this first episode. And uh, I'm proud of you for all the work that you've done and witnessing you. Man, I think it was 20... 14 that we met Mm -hmm. and just watching your journey for the last seven years uh has been a real joy uh to to be a part of yeah man it was uh we were down in san diego i was uh just ending my internship as uh a crossfit coach and uh you you were about to start your i believe your your first nomadic uh stretch of life and uh boy is life different for both of us since that time <laughs> and uh yeah I, I remember uh the first time i got to work with you in person uh i invested in a, a business solution that uh gave me uh direct support 
uh, an evolution. What we do now for the strong coach uh, is is what we do now. But back then, uh, I got to share space with you, and I remember in the first greet and meet, uh, you had the group of coaches and gym owners that were there, and you started talking about uh, your first mushroom experience. And this is something that at uh, that time you hadn't mentioned, um, uh, but hadn't really, I don't think we're open, so open about it, like how you are now. And I remember you sharing a story about empathy and that you were having your journey at a park and had uh, uh, an observation between a dog and a human. Uh, and that planted the seed for me to dive deeper deeper into into this and had my first ceremony uh and forever that changed my life it opened up my heart uh in a whole new way that i hadn't experienced before and from there you've been pointing me and guiding me through different medicines different healers and through the work we've done to strong coach you know we've sat in ceremony with our coaches uh we've had beautiful experiences uh and for you, man, I'd love to hear uh, your journey with plant medicine uh, on on where it was at and and how it has evolved through the years. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to start off by saying that to, to qualify myself as a certain type of person, and since I since I can remember early teens, I was always interested in. How do I optimize who I am? I think I read too many comic books with superheroes in them. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, there's a code. I can crack one of these codes and, and become superhuman in some way. And um, I mean, being um, I, was, I was thinking about that when I was 13. I'm now 40. And I look back and I go, yeah, I pretty much did it. Like I, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of like superhuman qualities, you know, uh, that I have uh, developed and uh, it, it's it's kind of funny uh, to look back and see that. But yeah, from an early age, I was always looking to, I was very interested in the physical. You know, it was the only thing I was really present to was my physical body and how do I optimize that? And then I was like, oh, how do I optimize my mind to be more focused and so on and so forth. But I really didn't dig into the psychological aspects, the emotional aspects, the spiritual aspects. Those things just didn't, were not on my radar. And, um, you know, I, I attended a, I, I had heard Tim Ferriss on, on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about how he eats a big bag of mushrooms every six months to hit the reset button. And that warmed me up to the idea that, oh, this could be a thing. Um, I attended a business conference where there were conversations about psychedelics, not heavily, just kind of mentioned here and there, sprinkled in. There was a psychedelic artist that did something on the the bonus day, and it was it it piqued my my curiosity. I think it's I find it interesting that it was at a business event that your curiosity was piqued, and that was the same thing that happened for me, and. Um, I go home and yeah, and I eat mushrooms for, um, for the first time back in 2013, it was August of 2013 and I had no idea what I was doing, but I look back and I go and I realize that I did it really well because I, I basically did a bunch of prep work at this marketing conference where we're doing empathy exercises and 
we were we were having to I was having to dig deep like I was having an emotional experience I didn't really realize how emotional it was for me at the time but looking back on it it's clear as day mm-hmm. and so I ate the mushrooms at the park and there was a musician <laughs> at the conference that was uh that the artist had done the cover art for Mm-hmm. And these are psychedelic guys, but I really didn't understand what that even meant. So I go, oh, I'll just listen to Random Rab, this this artist, while I eat my mushrooms. It seems like this would be good for that. Total intuition. I had no idea what I was doing. And I end up having the most beautiful experience. And I, I wish that people could have uh, as good of a first mushroom experience as I had, but I hear countless stories of, you know, people throwing throwing them on a pizza at a frat party while putting down a six-pack of beer at the same time. And uh, and I really f- count myself as fortunate and blessed to have had the intuition necessary or the message or God that, that said, hey, this is how it's going to happen for you. And... Um, yeah, I had that experience, which was which opened the door of my mind to this entire world that I had completely neglected as the, for an opportunity to optimize. And I, in that experience, I wasn't thinking about optimizing. I was like, I just got to get my life together. I, I thought I was hot shit at that point, and yeah. that I was, you know, doing well. And when I had that first experience, I realized, wow, I was doing really well on paper, but my internal state was total chaos. And I was disconnected. I felt isolated, even though I was surrounded by people all the time. And that first experience really got me to experience connection with other, with myself and with other at a level I'd never had before. And so it was, <laughs> it was such a profound experience that it took me months to really grasp what was going on. And then, um, yeah, I started practicing with the mushrooms after that. Started uh, trying them out, trying to recreate, looking online to see what type of, you know, how do you set up the, the ideal experience, sharing them with a few friends, trying to recreate the experience that I had for them. I had no training. I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew that I was onto something and it was, and it was creating an experience for some of my friends, not as profound as it was for me. Um, and I look back and I go, look, it's good that everyone did it, but I would not do it the way I, I, I like came at it with expectations and pressure and all this stuff that just doesn't exist now. And, uh, even though we all got good benefits, good results out of it, um, I would approach it completely different now. And, but yeah, that was, it was, uh, August of 2013, the journey kicked off and I kept, uh, experiencing greater and greater benefits. It hasn't stopped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, for a long time I, I, I was like, Oh, I got to find like the next best medicine. It's a, I got to get the more intense thing. Got to, got to go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And a, a few years ago, I, I lightened up on that and, uh, you know, just started accepting things where they're at a little more. Um, still enjoy 
plant medicine and uh, do it fairly frequently, but uh, definitely with a lot lighter ex- expectation these days. Uh, you mentioned that you did a couple things well, um, the business uh, seminar, uh, also the music that you were playing and with your own research and uh, intuition in this space, like what are those things that um, that you know support somebody in a journey? Well, um, you know, I got lucky with having the business conference, which was a ton of personal development in the conference that was embedded, which I had no idea what personal development was um, at the time. And uh, so having some type of preparatory thing that, that helps um, cause some reflection or looking at different aspects of your life that may be emotional in some way um, and then going into the intention holding an intention for the ceremony. I didn't have an intention, you know, I didn't have words for my intention, but my intention was, you know, I walked into the the forest, into the park with a journal and uh, a pen. And I, I, my intention was I was going to have a deeper understanding of what I had learned the previous week. And uh, the funny thing is, is I didn't write a damn thing down in that journal. I was, I was so uh, blown away by the experience yeah. that there was no words for me to write down. But um, and I had a good chuckle afterwards, thinking that I was gonna like be journaling business ideas on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. But yeah, probably not nice, your first time. Yeah, I still, I still, I, I still opt to uh, record because <laughs> I, I won't be able to read what I write after an oh, experience it, like that. Yeah, my medicine handwriting is big and scribbly, but I can usually make <laughs> it out. Um, yeah, so, so having an intention going in was really powerful. Having some type of um, interaction with a guide, uh, which is what I, I had had unintentionally done, and then the music selection really. Uh, no lyrics, something that's gentle and um, and kind of atmospheric in a way. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, especially for your first time, you want something soothing. Uh, we don't need to jar your consciousness so so much uh, with some some like heavy, you know, drums or something like that, uh, which. Which can be good, but not if you're solo journeying for your first time. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did that right, and then, and then afterwards, um, something that I, I come by naturally, and something that was that uh, one of my mentors had really pushed is he a couple things. One is learning is behavior change. So, for over a decade, I've been operating from a place that. Uh, if if you know it, people walk around the world saying, "I know that already," or "I I know you know I learned that." They'll say they'll say, "Oh, I learned that. I learned that in school. I learned that, whatever." But it's not true. They didn't learn it because learning is behavior change. 
If your behavior hasn't changed, you haven't learned it. You just memorized it. You memorize somebody else's ideas. You memorize someone else's words. You don't actually know it, and you have not embodied it. And so I, one of my mantras at that point was learning is behavior change and speed of implementation. So how fast can I put what I have learned or that I have I've somehow I've either read it or I heard it from somebody or I just got the insight myself. Um, what have what have, what have I learned? What have I actually put into practice and how fast can I put it into practice? Mm-hmm. And so I I'm naturally geared that direction. Um, I'm not really afraid of making mistakes, so it makes it a little bit easier. Medicine can ha- help with that if you are someone who's afraid of making mistakes a lot. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I came out of the journey and immediately the insights I had received, uh, a mistake that a lot of people make is they get the insight and then they pat themselves on the back for having the insight mm-hmm. and then they don't actually go do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I recognized in that first ceremony that the way that I was relating to my wife at the time, the way I was relating to my mom, the way I was relating mm-hmm. to my clients and my dog, um, were could use could could have a major upgrade. There's room for improvement. So I immediately went home and then spoke to my wife and um, and had a deeper conversation than we'd ever had. And by the way, it wasn't that deep. <laughs> like I literally asked her, you know how her day has been and I and I stopped and I listened and I kept asking her questions and after a few minutes she broke down and cried because I had never been so interested in her which is yeah. kind of shocking because she married me um, <laughs> and uh, well I mean it just shows you you know where she was at as well right we were two broken people yeah. um, you know we had we had both had we're living out our trauma in a lot of ways. And that's what that kept, you know, that's what got us to join together. And, um, you know, it was, it was interesting because as I was having the experience, this transformational experience, I was improving all my relationships Mm -hmm. and it was also scaring her because she saw me changing so fast. And of course people don't like it when people close to them change, too quickly because um, that is you have to change how you relate to that person and when you mm-hmm. have to change how you relate to that person you have to give some things up and adopt some new things and uh, yeah people just generally resist change whether it's internal or external yeah man and, and something that uh, you've taught me a lot and what helps with this uh, world of uh, plant medicine and ceremonies uh, is having the tools to reintegrate this in your own life uh, and how to create a safe space for conversations, how to um, help others uh, see you differently and enroll them into the possibility that, that you're creating. Um, and, you know, I, even me, myself, dabbling with this space uh, for a while, I just came out of uh, four... 
uh, yahe ceremonies, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about that experience here soon. Uh, and I had you know drastic changes, and uh, my fiance who uh, has dabbled a little bit in this space, but not as much as I uh, as I have. Like what I've asked her is to uh, honor the space that I just stepped away from. That it's very profound, and to uh, allow me to like work through these things and have her support and enroll enroll her in that. Uh, in the past, what I would have done is I would have uh, been triggered. I probably would have been in like a fight or an argument that was unnecessary. Uh, and really is, is you have the tools as a human and these are stuff that just work well with plant medicine, but they'll make your life much easier, uh, in how to use the, the, the tool of language. So it's expanding, uh, that it creates possibilities and it doesn't causes like restrictions, uh, that can lead to, uh, hurting somebody in the relationship. So, um, You've mentioned uh, personal development and that you had no clue what you were doing uh, and something that, you know, when I started learning from you about all of this, uh, you already had a lot more stuff figured out uh, than what most people did at the time, in my opinion, uh, where you were able to take this uh, personal development experiences and, and help integrate and have processes to change your identity, to um, work with the medicine and, and, and make more out of it. Uh, what was your journey from going to like, hey, you had this amazing, beautiful experiences. You're noticing that you're showing up differently uh, for the relationships in your life uh, and everything that revolves Mike Bledsoe um, and the process of you continuing to do uh, your own work what were those things that you started noticing with like personal development and, and the world and the world of plant medicine? Oh man, that's a big one. Um, I, one of the things I, I, I started to mention earlier is that I stopped having, I had to learn how to stop having expectations for other people in regard to what their experience of the plant medicine would be. Um, and really a allowing myself to put more attention on myself. Uh, you know, the whole Gandhi quote of be the change you want to see in the world. And, um, you know, I think that's a pitfall that people fall into is they'll have an experience and then they immediately try to externalize it onto other people. So I think it's important. Speaking of enrollment is, you know, the best way to approach someone after an experience where you had an insight about, how you want to relate differently to yourself and to the world and all that is to just admit where you were wrong before or um, where you were falling short maybe for with yourself or with others. And usually um, if the insight is accurate, <laughs> the other person will go, well, that's true. <laughs> you have been falling short in that way or you have been showing up in that way and I hear that you want to show up a different way got it okay now it's to me that's the formula for enrolling somebody in your own transformation because we have to consider we have to consider um, you know four things when it comes to transformation we have to consider what's happening for you internally 
which these journeys can be very impactful for someone. Um, and on an internal level, a lot of people have the experience of, you know, feeling, you know, a, a word that's used is uh, alignment um, during an experience and sometimes after. Um, so we have to consider what's happening internally, which those ceremonies take good care of that. Then we have to consider what's happening physically, their physical body. Um, is there neurochemistry? Is there neurology? Is it uh, optimized for being able to integrate an insight into a habit? You know, something that the nervous system recognizes and uh, you can create some type of ritual or habit that, that improves your, your change. Uh, and then we have to, then we look at what are the conversations uh, you're having in your life? You know, what are the topics you're discussing the most? Who are you talking to? What is their perspective on things? The, just as the, the internal state um, that is made up of a lot of the thoughts, your thoughts are made up of language, while the external is made up of language as well. And these conversations have an impact on where you're at. A lot of people, I had the experience of, you know, many ceremonies of mushrooms and then hanging out with my gym members. I used to throw basically kegers at my, my gym or my house before I found mushrooms. I, I drank quite a bit. And I remember having a party and everyone's drinking beers and I just had no desire to drink any beer. And so I'm surrounded by it, but I'm not doing it. And then people were asking me why I'm not doing it. Normally you're drinking and getting loud and all these things. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'd rather just have a different conversation. So I start asking, start having, trying to have a different conversation other than, you know, sports or the weather or whatever it was. I want to have a deeper connection. And people were very, they were scared of it. They, they got turned off by it. They thought I was weird. My people stopped wanting to hang out with me. <laughs> I was making them uncomfortable. <laughs> and I really wasn't doing, I wasn't being a creep. I was just, I just stopped. I stopped behaving the way they expected me to. I had conditioned the people in my life to treat me a certain way. And I had to create new conditions. Um, the problem was, is one of the problems with that was I was extremely popular. And so I had a couple hundred people treating me a certain way constantly. And I was around people all the time. So um, what I didn't have then that I would recommend now, and I've had a lot since then, is a lot of space to reflect. Because if you're constantly inundated with other people's ideas, you don't actually get to process what's going on. Um, and what I experience now is I can be around people who don't want to have the conversations I want to have. And I'm okay with that because I've had so much time in isolation, so much time in reflection that I don't need their validation necessary for me to know who I am. But early in someone's journey, the community aspect is incredibly important because they need that support. They need that. It's the culture and the culture is made up of language and rules and boundaries. And, um, you want to surround yourself with conversations with people who are helping move you along, um, especially if you haven't had a lot of time um, in isolate. I'm not talking, you know, have you spent a week without any electronic devices and journaling 
you know, how much, how much, what's your meditation practice look like? These are the things that need to be in place for you to have a buffer between you and the rest of the world as you navigate these changes. And over time, you'll probably notice that your, your community, the culture, uh, uh, your inner circle will start to shift. And the last thing we got to look at is just physical environment mm-hmm. and the physical environment. You know, we're taking it in with our eyes all the time and it's impacting how we think, um, environmental factors um in regard to what's the what's the the air quality you know if you're are you are you breathing nice clean air are you drinking nice clean water is um is your house organized and clean and and not cluttered you know what is the physical environment is that supporting the change that you need a really a really good example with this would be Somebody goes to the doctor and they get uh, a test, a blood work done. They find out they're deficient in some vitamin. Well, now they need to start taking the vitamin every morning. Well, one thing we can do to make an improvement, because we're trying to make a physical body change, is we can then take the bottle and put it next to their kettle in the kitchen so they remember it. That would be an environmental, like a really tiny environmental change that would make an improvement in somebody's life. So when I, when I think about plant medicine, I think it's a very good internal self uh, thing, but we have to look at the physical body, the relationships, and the environment that you're in in order to integrate and optimize uh, that experience. Now, I'm not sure I answered your question because I forgot what you asked after I got rambling no uh, you're it's you know how you start tying in the personal development into uh the work of uh plant medicine i I think you explained it beautifully that's great advice there um and you know from it sounds like to me it's like it all naturally just started aligning up for you um in in the world of healing in the world of uh getting support for yourself and applying this uh with really powerful medicines well, it, it, it piqued my curiosity. Um, I, you know, the, the opposite of judgment um, isn't necessarily compassion. It, it's curiosity. Uh, you know, instead of, instead of deciding what you think or having an opinion about something, instead of having holding the opinion, you hold curiosity and question and... To, to me, that's the key to personal development. Uh, being curious about what you're experiencing, being curious about your thoughts, being curious about your emotions instead of judging either of those, being curious about other people, being curious about your environment, all the things that I mentioned before. If you, what, what the mushrooms allowed me to do is really access a deeper level of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just encourage, like if you're, if you're looking to develop yourself as a human being and you are are not happy with an aspect of your life um you know most people they get upset about it they get really emotional about it and they judge it and um, they talk shit to themselves about it and what you can do differently is just get really curious about like why is it that i keep doing that same thing i keep dating that same guy over and over and over. It's the same type of guy, not the same exact guy. But I was like, oh, my relationships start the same way and they end the same way. And there's just, I'm recognizing this pattern. I'm not happy with it. And a lot of times people just get frustrated 
but we could replace that frustration with curiosity and go a lot further. Beautiful, man. Uh, and you know, as you were sharing all of this, I'm uh, traveling back in memory uh, of the experiences that I've shared with you and your, your evolution into uh, providing a, a safe space and container uh, for people to do this type of work. And uh, I remember early on uh, in conversation with a strong coach, uh, your mission is to heal the fitness industry. Uh, how business gets done, how marketing gets done, and teach coaches the tools to uh, connect authentically and, and provide solutions for people. And one of my favorite ceremonies, uh, it was after the first uh, Strong Coach Summit. We got a new one coming up. That's going to be even more rad. Um, and oh, yeah. we all went uh, a select uh, group of people who uh, joined us for a Wachuma ceremony. And I have this vision of uh, I was going through all the fields uh, and, and really becoming aware of a lot of things in my life and like looked up, uh, wiped off some tears and like looked at all these coaches who uh, are having everything you described, preparation work, reflection work, uh, a container with like minded people uh, where sometimes that's not available and 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 you know i i set up very proud i'm like fuck yeah we're doing it like we this is like the work that needs to happen uh for people to uh heal uh empower themselves and create from that state and uh so so that ceremony itself uh taught me a lot on on what is possible uh, for you, you mentioned, uh, you know, the mushrooms like really opened you up to explore more of this. Uh, you know, I mentioned this, uh, ceremony we had as, as a group, uh, for you, what have been like the medicines and experiences you've had, uh, that have been profound to you. And I know you've had an extensive amount of them. Uh, but what are some of those lessons that, and medicines that you've worked with in, in your life? Uh, and what have they taught you? Mm. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I'll start with mushrooms. We already talked about empathy. Uh, it also brought me to the realization that I am, <laughs> the way that I perceive the world is, is does not equal reality. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's the whole quote that gets thrown around, perception is reality, and that's total bullshit. Perception is perception and reality is reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, perception, believing that your perception is reality is a pretty narcissistic view of the world. But, um, uh, and, and I get, it can be taken different ways. <laughs> Some yeah. people, so, uh, perception is reality. It's like, yeah, how you perceive it is how you're perceiving reality. That's true. But um, let's not confuse that with it is reality. It's because these are separate things. Um, so I learned, I learned that I am the one that's creating my reality at all times, and I, I began to navigate that. Um, man, um, yeah, I'm sure there's some other things. Maybe they'll pop up. I I would say the next medicine that I I really got into was. Um, was ayahuasca. So I went down mm-hmm. to Peru in 2015 and had a couple ceremonies down there. I had Wachuma as well, which is cactus, but 
I went down primarily for ayahuasca, uh, had the experience of, well, on the first night, I really had the experience of creating a distinction between religion and spirituality, and I saw how I had, up to that point, um, really put spirituality and religion as the same thing, and I had packaged it away as something that I wanted to avoid. And uh, that experience really showed me how I was perceiving things inaccurately. And I had, you know, a meeting with God, and that changed everything for me. And so um, another ayahuasca experience I had that was extremely profound was uh, was um, getting to say goodbye to my father who had committed suicide a number of years prior to that. So about five years prior to that point, I, I, if you would ask me before that experience, if I had experienced closure around my father's death, I would have told you sure, but it wasn't true. And that was revealed to me in ceremony. And it was really beautiful because I got to relive all the positive moments that I had with him. And, um, and then also got to experience uh, his pain when he decided to take his own life. And I, getting to experience his pain when he took his own life and getting to say goodbye to him <laughs> it was, was a very sad experience in that ceremony. But it also brought me to a level of acceptance of like, yeah, like if you feel like that, of course you take your own life. The suffering is so intense that actually makes, I, I can understand why somebody would do it. And there was a level of relief around that for my father and, and um, really being able to love him for making that choice. Uh, even though it was incredibly rough on myself and my family. So, um, man, I, I was, <laughs> man, that took me a while. It took me a good three or four months to even, wrap my head around what I'd experienced down there. And I would say it took a good year or two to even integrate, uh, that first ayahuasca experience. Um, and, uh, I, I would say those are, those are like the big initial lessons that I learned that are, I think fairly universal for people that are available to people. Um, I've had many ceremonies where, um, with mushrooms, ayahuasca, I've had, um, well, I'll say, uh, another, I'll speak to another one. It's not a plant. It's uh, man-made, but it's MDMA. And, um, you know, MDMA has been a, an incredible tool that I've been able to use in relationships. I've used it in business relationships. I've used it in personal relationships. I've used it in romantic relationships where it really puts you in a place of, acceptance and and listening of the other person um and also a place of vulnerability to share your own stuff and so when you have a a couple people who have taken mdma and you're sitting in the highest level of acceptance you've ever been in Mm -hmm. and you're also able to be vulnerable and the other person is too you can imagine the types of things that get shared and moved out of the way and, and resolved yeah. Um, so I really like MDMA as a relational medicine, whereas mushrooms and ayahuasca are very much so a personal experience. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I would say, I would say those, those, those three medicines have been the most healing and the most insightful. Now I've had many other, um, experiences. I would, yeah. Well, you know, um, LSD has helped me to understand how the world operates better. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's helped me expand my mind and wrap my, my mind around concepts and then, it's taken me years since wrapping my head around these really big concepts and then creating practical application of those concepts. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do LSD and they they get really caught up in the conceptual world and you can run into them at the at the local ve- local vegan restaurant sipping coffee and sounding very philosophical. But um, the if you get into like the practical application of these these big concepts people are discussing, a lot of times there's a loss of words. And so the experience of, of understanding these concepts at a, at a, at a, a knowledge level, but not embodiment, mm-hmm. um, not in a learning as behavior change uh, level, um, that can take years to yeah. go from that, that conceptual world and bring it down into the 3D, 4D world of, well, what the hell do you do with that? And how does that benefit us? Um, So, yeah, LSD, beautiful medicine. And I think that similar to, say, ayahuasca, how ayahuasca is with the internal, understanding the internal world, which all these medicines can help you understand internal and external, but some tend to be a little more geared one way or the other. Mm -hmm. The LSD, like, really should be, that's something that, requires a lot of integration in my experience gotcha man uh you uh you shared uh a bit about uh in i think it was the ayahuasca ceremony where you were able to separate uh spirituality from uh religion when before you had just packaged them together and pretty much ignore that part of your life uh, I would love to hear more about your spiritual experience. Uh, what, you know, you mentioned how it was in the past and what you were open to. Uh, what, how do you view spirituality? Uh, how has, how has you leaning more into this supporting you in your life and, and just understand? I'm very curious to hear uh, your views on it. <sighs> yeah. So, hmm. Well, one of the big insights I got in that first ceremony is that everything is spiritual. And, <laughs> and so I was, I was floored by that. And I was, I was having the experience of that in my body. I was witnessing it in the visuals in the ceremony that I was witnessing the cosmos and realizing that the stars are spiritual. The earth is spiritual. I'm spiritual. Like these are the entire universe is a spiritual manifestation. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is when we look at, um, some of these ancient yoga texts, uh, you know, yoga is not necessarily exercise folks. I'm sure you get that if you're listening to this podcast, but Mm -hmm. the, the whole point of the poses that people do in yoga is to improve their posture so that they can have better physical alignment so that they can have, um, they can reach that state in their meditation practice, um, that they're looking for. And when, uh, you know, I, I, 
I've begun to value over the years ancient wisdom over <laughs> modern ideas and uh, the and, and we're also witnessing modern ideas in science uh, as more understanding emerges there seems to be a lot more evidence to support these ancient traditions uh, more than ever and so I say you know why why wait for confirmation from somebody else why don't you validate it for yourself um, through having your own spiritual experiences and what I mean by spiritual experiences is just uh, experiencing that connection um, with yourself and how you are in the world and witnessing the world is all one um, if you haven't had that experience before that might sound a little crazy or you don't really understand what I'm saying that's fine um, but really there's different levels of of presence and and I would say most spiritual practices are there to presence you, get you out of the mind and get you um, into your heart. Mm-hmm. Now, if we look at these old, these ancient um, yoga texts, you have the spiritual body, you have the mental body, you have the emotional body, and you have the physical body. And I know that most people imagine that their spirit, their spirit lives inside their body. And their mind is inside their head. And their heart and their emotions are inside their body. And the way that the yogis describe it is the mental body is a reflection. It's a manifestation of the spiritual body. And the emotional body is a manifestation of the mental, the spiritual and mental bodies. And then the physical body is a manifestation of the, the spiritual, mental and emotional bodies. And when that, when it, when that, uh, energy comes into a low enough vibration, you get it into the physical space. And so, um, to me, spirituality is about aligning the spirit with the mental with the emotional and the physical body and the, the behaviors that come with that. And um, that's when I, when I think about my spiritual practices, that's what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are a lot of really cool traditions like Kundalini yoga. There's all sorts of different things you can do to um, improve your relationship um, with your mind in the spiritual world. Um, and I find that if you really, if you, you really want to get the tools, you want to get the physical tools, um, which I, I see a lot of people missing these days. I mean, if you're out of shape, you're, you're, it's a spiritual issue. Um, you're, something's out of alignment. I know a lot of people who are out of shape and very quote unquote spiritual. Um, I don't buy it. I, uh, I, I would challenge those people to integrate um, their spiritual life with their physical life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, having physical practices, uh, having emotional practices, being able to access emotions, be present with them without running from them or suppressing them, um, having mental practices, understanding how the mind works, using your language to shape how you think, uh, having a good understanding of, of uh, focus, um, being able to broaden your awareness and see a lot at once and then being able to focus down into a single point and be able to hold both of those for 
for a duration of time. Um, and then the spiritual practices, which to me is just those three other things will get you to that spiritual place. Um, the, the spirit is always there. The only time you're not experiencing spirit is if the physical body, emotional body, or mental body is not aligned. You align those things and you access spirit immediately. It's the only, the, it's really how it usually happens at the mental level that separates us. So I don't think we actually need to do anything that's spiritual. Spirit, spirit is everything. Mm-hmm. We just need to get out of the way in order to experience mm-hmm. spirit. That's beautiful, Mike. Uh, after sitting with you in many ceremonies and uh, hearing you talk, uh, I love how you elaborated all of that and um, uh, really resonated with me. So thank you for sharing your insight with that. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to, uh, you introduced me to Mama Marta down here in Colombia. Uh, Their local brew is Yahe. Uh, it's uh, similar to ayahuasca, different DMT leaf. And uh, I just, like I said earlier, I just came back from doing ceremonies there. And I forgot how freaking magical that place is. <laughs> uh, I, was, uh, I was laying there uh, after my first cup. And I said, I'm like, how come I haven't been back here sooner? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and from my experience working with those healers, uh, a lot of healers out there, a lot, their egos are so big. They're all about the show. And uh, with Mama Marta, super simple. Like she, She'll be the first one to tell you, I don't know anything. And she's very wise. And um, uh, the way they work with uh, the spiritual body there, uh, when you're with the medicine, uh, I'm in awe of, of, of how they're able to like notice those subtle things, uh, burn the smoke that's needed to keep you protected in your ceremony. Uh, and you know, I've, I've, I've experienced you go through some procedures there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I wasn't, if I wasn't watching it, I wouldn't believe it. Uh, <laughs> we referred to it as, uh, uh, spiritual surgery. And, uh, I was mentioning that story to the group that I took down this last time. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was like, Oh, you just had a procedure done. That's not surgery. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for, for introducing me, uh, to that family and they, they've opened their arms for me to, uh, support and work with them, uh, since the first ceremony. And really this last time, uh, it was to a whole new level, uh, of experience for me. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you talked a lot about, uh, the spiritual side of plant medicine. We talked about the personal uh, development side of it. Uh, and then there's, uh, a lot of healers out there and, and I would love to hear more about your experience of, uh, working, uh, with this family. Um, and a couple of reasons. One, I, I'm curious about, uh, uh, what you will share. Uh, and also, uh, we do plan to bring strong coaches, uh, down to this container. And, uh, I would love to hear from the person that introduced me to these people, uh, which is yourself and, and learn more about like your experience, uh, of working with Mama Marta, uh, down here in Colombia. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I would say one of the things I'm really good at in this world is finding the people who are best at shit. And I that's, would agree. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm, I'm a very curious person. I also have a knack for putting my ear to the ground and listening and I'll be, I'll be in conversations with people. And this happened when I was running the podcast Barbell Shrugged and I was finding these experts in health and fitness. I could really, I had a knack for being able to find gold, um, with people. And so the same thing applies for, um, and, and I listen to conversations. People are talking about something. I keep hearing it over and over again. I keep on hearing, you know, people share, you know, deep experiences. And I go, okay, I get curious about meeting that person who is an expert in their field. And the plant medicine field, the healers are just like any other industry. You know, 90% are like, eh, okay. And then you got the 10% are great. And then, you know, 1% are just fucking incredible. So, um, I, I've had, I've run the gamut of healers, uh, in my, in my world. And I have to say the, the women down there, um, in Colombia are, it's just, that was top notch gold standard. Um, I had sat with ayahuasca maybe, eight times before I had gone and sat with them for the Yahe and I had heard people talk about working with the medicine up to that point and I had I had gotten to a point where I was able to allow the medicine to work in me but I didn't really understand what it meant to work with the medicine and uh, my time spent down there my very first um, set of ceremonies I had four ceremonies with them uh, they taught me how to work with the medicine, and and it really felt like the Navy SEAL training of plant medicine, because it was the most intense experience I had, and it was the most in- and and that's not the experience everybody has, by the way. Not everyone goes down there and has it, but I asked for it. I went yeah. down there and I said, give give me, you know. They go, well, what sh- what dose do you want? You know, how much do you want to drink? I told them. I want to see God <laughs> and the eyebrows raise and I Uh-oh. got nervous. <laughs> I, I got appropriately nervous about, uh, their response to my, my question. <laughs> and I immediately started trying to backpedal and it was already too late. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that week I, I, I had, um, I had some very profound experiences, um, you know, I had had experiences with, with plants that, that, that these ayahuascaras have brought in the ceremony and they sing the song to the plant to you in, in, in ceremony. Well, in Colombia with these women, they taught me how to talk directly to the plants without having to have the conduit of the ayahuascaro. Um, and, and ayahuasca or yahe is referred to as, as mother. Um, and my experience with that has been, is because the, it's the master plant that teaches you how to use all the other plants and how to communicate with the other plants. And so, um, this, so I, I learned how to communicate with the plants. And then I also, my experience of animals and animal spirits in ceremony up to that point had been, I am me. And the animal is outside of myself, 
uh, with the exception of one experience where I had, you know, uh, I experienced, and in one ayahuasca ceremony before that, I experienced going from an amoeba to evolving to a man, uh, which was pretty crazy. But yeah. the <laughs> we'll just brush past that one. Um, yeah, we'll. <laughs> but well, in the, I'm waiting for the jaguar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in Colombia, what I what I got to experience is instead of experiencing the animal outside of myself, I became a jaguar, and it was my it was my first experience of the jaguar in any uh, medicine state at all. So I wasn't calling it in. I didn't know. I, I had no expectations of working with any animals, in fact. And not only did I encounter the jaguar, I just I just became the jaguar. I I, I went through a a death of of who I was in that moment, and I I came out of the womb and was a jaguar, and it was. I didn't know how to con. I, I I didn't have control over that energy. The energy was just running wild. I I ripped off all my clothes. I'm naked in the mud. The the healers have to come over and like help me um, f- be able to focus that energy. So I I had become intoxicated with the spirit of the jaguar, and it was overwhelming. And so they they helped me learn how to how to direct that energy and then be able to relax into that energy um, because up to that point, it was thrashing me. I was being thrashed around. And then once I was able to focus that energy in my third eye, all this energy that was, that was in the body, focusing in my third eye, I was able to then open a portal into another dimension. And that's when I started getting flooded with, with information and wisdom and um, and it coming in so fast that there was no way to comprehend it in the moment. Um, and this is why it takes <laughs> it can take months or years after an experience like this to, to integrate it because there's just a lot there. And I um, I left that experience with them, um, and it was the most profound uh, ayahuasca experience. I I've sat with other healers since then too. And uh, my opinion is, is Colombia is the spot. It's, it's. Um, it, it, I'm not interested in going anywhere else. I only want to go to Colombia. Um, and beyond my experience in the ceremony, just being on the land down there is incredible. The family that runs the retreat center are just amazing. Um, if you like food, you're gonna like it down there. There's. <laughs> There's plenty of uh, delicious food to take part in. It's big for me. Um, but yeah, just an incredible space. I, I really, really, one of the things I really like about it is just it's a place where I can really explore. Whereas in some other ceremonies, I don't feel, I don't, I'm not having the experience. I, I feel more of an experience of being contained versus free to explore. And because the healers, a lot of times, um, and other traditions try to keep a really tight container and the container down there, they, it's a very big container. Um, and what I mean by big, I mean, it's 10 times bigger, the size, the physical container is 10 times the size. Um, and it's also much more integrated into nature than what I've experienced with other, uh, places. So 
Um, yeah, I, I, I can't I can't recommend it more highly. Well, I mean, we're we're bringing uh, uh, our coaches down there, and you know, we talk about not having expectations, <laughs> uh, but that experience we had uh, in uh, San Diego with Wachuma and having that container and this group of people who are all uh, working for that mission to support others and the conversations that will arise from being in this container uh, is very beautiful. Uh, part of like everything you described is also super important who you're having these experiences with because they're going to be a part of the journey as much as uh, anything else, uh, intentions, preparation for it. Uh, so for me, uh, when I first started uh, uh, working for the Strong Coach and uh, spirit was guiding me to do this type of work. Uh, I made it a goal for me to sit with a hundred coaches uh, from the strong coach in uh, ceremony, and uh, I've I've successfully have. I, I, I'll go back and, and keep track of it because that's definitely a goal I want to accomplish. Uh, and and really for me, you've got to be halfway there. I got to be about halfway there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I would say I'm about halfway there, and and for me. You know, it's, it's, uh, I've, for me to step away, like from the strong coach, like the strong coach is about to hit like it's peak. Like I, 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 I feel it. I see it. And, oh, nowhere, uh, nowhere near it's peak. We're just uh, the best we've ever been so far. True. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, 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 I feel as we're like riding in, in, in that, like turning that corner, uh, for us to take things to like a whole new level and for me to like say no to that uh, like spirit and alignment is is very profound for me because uh, a strong coach and working alongside with you have meant like so much for me uh, and this is this is what I want people to experience especially our coaches uh, to uh, come down uh, get nurtured, get loved on, and you know each time I come down here i 'm learning how to support people into having that type of experience um, and 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 really teaching them to go in without expectations and to honor your own experience just like you do in life uh, that your experience is unique to you uh, in many ways and relatable in many others, uh, but really taking that idea and spirit into ceremony like you're going to have your own experience uh when you're working uh with mama marta and yeah it's it's really cool to work with people that this is what they do like their whole like they're training the daughter to take over and she's already telling me how she's going to start training her her 18 year old son when she's not in a place to serve the medicine anymore Mm -hmm. and and those containers are just like i see 10 years from now, we're going to look back at Mama Marta and like her place and how unique it is in the world. Um, I, I have yet to hear uh, of other places like this and other people who are doing it in the way they do it. Only women are there to serve the medicine, which she's breaking a lot of traditions that uh, indigenous people have that only men should serve Yahé. And, and, what they're able to do there is is just beautiful, um, and and I want to thank you, Mike, for uh, introducing me to them. 
for being a shepherd in my life uh, and guiding me in, in my plant medicine journey and really let people know that uh, this is a space that exists. Uh, it's a very healing space. Um, and like you said, anything in the world, uh, there's that 90% are crap. Uh, the next 9% are going to be really good. And you have like that 1% uh, that really does it well. And, and that's when you step into that container and are uh, empowered by spirit and alignment and can really do some deep work. Uh, your life can look very different, and 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 then the rest of the work it's as you have to do, uh, and and so I want to thank you, Mike, for uh, taking the time to hop on the show today, uh, and thank you for everything, man, uh, that that you've done for me in my life, and uh, for me, I know it's not like it's just an evolution of everything that we've done together, uh, and and and. I am excited about what will come and, and with the work that we're doing for the strong coach and uh, continuing to integrate people into ancestral learning, uh, uh, teaching them how to work with the spiritual world uh, so they can be more empowered humans uh, for humanity. And, and when you're able to get yourself from uh, that I, that self, and, and can turn your, your gifts into humanity, uh, it, it really allows you to have a life worth living, uh, in my opinion. And, and so <clears throat> with your support, man, you have given me access to that. And um, I recommend for anybody who has an opportunity to like work with Mike, be around Mike, your life will improve. And, and it's be curious, just like Mike has been uh, from his teachings. And, and you know, you're... you're uh, one of the best coaches out there, um, uh, and a lot of it has to do because you're so curious and open about all things and are able to integrate and make meaning of it and, and take it from the clouds into like earth. And so thank you, Mike, for, for your supporting my life and, and, and what you do for humanity, man. My pleasure. Yeah. I just, uh, been, you know, following my heart and people tend to get benefit from it. I encourage everybody out there to follow your own heart. I don't think you have to try to change the world. Uh, I think that's about all the change you need. And then the results will follow. Awesome, man. And uh, where can uh, Amigos find you? Ah, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Mike underscore Bledsoe. Um, if you're a coach and you want to learn to build your business, thestrongcoach.com. And then I've also got a podcast that I've been working on um, that I've been posting to my old podcast channel, The Bledsoe Show. Uh, Max Shank and I have been sitting down and breaking down philosophical conversations and debates. And so uh, you can go check that out at uh, if you just search and Spotify The Bledsoe Show. Awesome, Mike. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. Thank you. Love you too, bro.